Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months, but don't worry when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recordings. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Ufi video lock is 24 seven. So you don't have to worry about any issues you have and it comes with an 18 month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back. We got another great guest with us today. I'm joined by Scott Melker, aka the Wolf of All Streets, uh, and the Melker Project. That's right. Well, uh, in a former life. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm a, I've been a big fan, follower for a long time. Uh, you encouraged me to become an influencer a lot, and so yeah, we, we've been tracking you for a long time, and I. Really am thankful. I think everybody who's watching has probably heard of you as well. So uh, thanks for making the time. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad we uh, ran into each other literally yeah. randomly at a bar in Austin last <laughs> night. <laughs> exactly. So, dude, tell me a little bit about your story. You know, who are you and how did you become, you know, arguably one of the largest influencers in the crypto space? I would love to say that I had a great plan and uh, that it <laughs> like was, this was, uh, all it was a vision and I, and I uh, meditated on it in the mornings and secreted it. But no, it, to re in reality, I think it happened very organically. Mm. Uh, a lot of luck and good timing. And I think largely just consistency, yeah. right? Being there early enough and being relentless about it and, and sort of never stopping. But the reality is that, you know, I had a music career for 20 years before you kind of alluded to the, the Melker Project. And so I had built a social following from that, Killer. right? And so I came into crypto late 2016, early 2017, as I was transi transitioning out of music. My daughter was born. I had no idea what that was going to be like. Yeah. And it was sort of this instant aha moment that I needed to not be on the road DJing and yeah. traveling all the time. I'd always been a trader poorly. Um, <laughs> and, and I just coincidentally was serendipitous that I found crypto at the same time. Right. Yeah. And so if you came into crypto in late 2016, early 2017, you, you were one of those everyone's a genius in a bull market totally. situations. That's yeah. when I got radicalized. I, I literally, like, <laughs> it was like my DJ friends were like, you buy bit this Bitcoin thing on, on the Coinbase, right? The Coinbase. <laughs> and then you send it to the Bitrex. Yeah. And everything's denominated in Bitcoin. So it'll be really confusing. But just buy ripples, right? Yeah. Plural. Ripples. You put an S on I everything back then. Guys. Ripples, Ethereums. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I did. And uh, luckily, I, it was literally like 3000 bucks, And I woke up a week later and it was like 30 
Yeah. And, like, and I was like, I'm taking Ooh. out 20. <laughs> and that's probably it. And I've ridden the, the other 10 till now. That's right? incredible. And so, and by luck. Yeah. By luck. Sure. Right? And, and so, um, but what was interesting is, so I had, you know, like 40,000 Twitter followers for music. Mm-hmm. And I just alienated them completely. I started <laughs> posting these terrible charts at the time of, of you know magic internet money, and they were like, "What's wrong with you?" And yeah, I, and I went down to twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah, but I had a blue check. Yeah, which was complete luck, right? That and I had it back from in music. those days. That's oh, really I had a blue rare. check from two thousand ten. Wow. Oh my god, I didn't right? know they had blue yeah, checks. Yeah, so I back joined then. eleven, ten, <laughs> something. But I joined Twitter in two thousand nine. Wow. And like it was my main platform for music. Totally. That's just, I, I loved Twitter. So I think the blue check gave me an unfair advantage, maybe <laughs> like credibility that people didn't know that totally. I had gotten it from music. And so they assumed I was a financial expert of, of some sort. <laughs> when the reality is I, I just joined crypto Twitter following all the big accounts there to right. learn about crypto myself. Yeah. Right. And so I think to a large degree, I was just emulating what I'd learned from them. And so there was a point where I said, Twitter is just not enough for me. There was limited characters back then. Yeah, right? 240 you couldn't, you couldn't, or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I was like, I'm going to write a news, a free newsletter. And so I started. The Wolf Den. Uh, right, which I was twice a week. So I started doing that twice a week. And then I, I realized that, wow, this became a job. And yeah. I actually for a while <laughs> charged $15 for the newsletter. I had the free one, but you could get it more often. Yeah. But then I just never felt comfortable sort of with monetizing my audience. And, and I went back to free. But I said, you know, that's not enough. I want to do it five days a week. Wow. So I started doing it five days a week. Every morning. I wake up four o'clock in the morning, write a newsletter. Wow. You know. But, but that keeps me ready for everything the rest of the day, right? Totally. I know exactly what's happening in the market by 7, 8 o'clock a.m. when everyone else wakes up. But then I had a company called Blockworks come to me and say, uh, you start a podcast. Can you curse on this show? Yeah, absolutely. And I said, what the fuck is a podcast? <laughs> 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 I literally, I, my response was, what the fuck is a podcast? I had no idea. Right? Yeah, never it was heard like of it. 2019. I'm a boomer. Um, <laughs> and so I started, you know, we started a podcast. It was horrible. I like wrote down all these questions and like no matter what the guest was talking you were about, like, you I went listening. back to my like yeah. I went back to my script and <laughs> my pre predetermined jokes and uh, and so then actually I had Peter McCormick on the podcast yeah. at one point from What Bitcoin Did and he said you know the moment that I really cracked the code I think is the moment that I threw away all my notes mm. and I didn't really prep much I know these people I just want to have a conversation and it resonated with me so I just did that yeah and. That's failed me many times, to be quite <laughs> frank, because if a, if a guest is a bit dry or needs more encouragement, yeah. sometimes you just, on the spot, you run out of things to say. But largely, I think it's, uh, that's what has taken things to another level, because um, I think people want to watch you have an organic conversation among friends rather yeah. than like a uh, question and answer interview Absolutely. for a job, yeah. which is how I think a lot of podcasts sort of come out. But then that wasn't enough, so I started. So I started my YouTube, yeah, which was way later. So like, I'm not the biggest YouTuber. I, most of my audience is still on Spotify and Apple For and sure. Twitter. Um, and then I started daily streaming. And now, honestly, I'm thinking the push for me is going to be more towards Twitter Spaces. Okay, yeah. Because it's going back to, I think, my core audience, where they're at. And just because, like I said, I think I sort of, I enjoy or excel. I don't know. It's what I've heard with the kind of group conversations, totally. like mo moderating. And that's the story, and it was probably much longer than you wanted. No, that's, but, I, I but, want more. <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, none of it was like, uh, I have this plan to become, I don't even like the term influencer, I'm sure you hate it as yeah, well. Yeah, we hate it. But I, 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 don't, I, I don't have this plan to become the, one of the biggest people in this space. Right. I was just here to learn, and because I became so utterly obsessed with it, I consumed the content all day, and then I thought, well, I can help more people come yeah. into this space because 
the 12 of us and our cousins like are not enough for mainstream adoption and that's yeah. by the way who's back here now it's like 14 of us and yeah. our cousins who hate us um and you know and so to that end and so there were times when it was actually kind of like a wildly profitable business mm -hmm. in the bull runs to be doing it but as I, I tell the story often, at this point, I'm a, I, I joke that I'm a, like a non-for-profit <laughs> because I continue creating more content with my staff, but I, I'm very hesitant about who I'll allow to sponsor or what sponsorships I'll do. Absolutely. So for, for many months, I'll go now for long stretches where it's just me paying my people and we're putting it out and we're cranking it and there's literally no business model behind it at all. Wow. So it's, <laughs> well, I, I, th that could change, you know? That could well, change. I, it will change. Yeah. That, that, that's intentional. It's, yeah. it, like, You're building the trust, the, the, the brand The trust, the, the audience, the, the first hit's free. Is, is much, <laughs> that's right, but it's much more important than uh, the immediate check. There, yeah. there will be another bull market and all of that will flood back in and, we'll, and then I think we'll uh, be able to have the options to be more discerning about sort of how we how we monetize. I think what yeah. you guys do is actually very interesting because it's sort of your own products, yeah. you know, and, and I think there's a, I don't know, Pomp is kind of moving in that direction, yep. and I think that's sort of the wave of the future, and you guys are largely ahead of that. I appreciate so that. So I, I, uh, I think that's really interesting. So I would say that I've been very good at the, like, growth model, but mm -hmm. the business model side of it uh, is, I'm still iterating. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I you know, think of you and we're here like, you know, at crypto events and stuff and you're a celebrity in our in our small niche of, you know, crypto. Right. But I'm sure you get lots of people who approach you and say, hey, like, Scott, you know, I know you've got big reach. Like, let me give you a Bitcoin. Let me give you some money to, like, promote us. How do you typically respond or think about those things? I don't even respond. Yeah. It's literally an outright no. And we don't respond to the emails. The emails don't make it to me anymore. Yeah. Like we I've put a system in place where I don't even want to be bothered by it. Yeah, you guys probably know, but yes. you'd be shocked. I can say in the bull market now, like I said, I don't see the emails and I tell my team not to even yeah. tell me because it's, it's a, a waste, like, of time. waste of our time. But it would be like 10 a day. That's crazy, man. Like between my DMs, which I eventually closed as yeah. a result of that, um, and emails like through the website and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 10 a day. Yeah. NFT projects. I'm like, do you watch my content? Yeah. Talking about this <laughs> stuff, you know? Um, I'll tell you, at the beginning, when I had 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 sponsors, I thought that was super exciting. Uh, and, uh, followers. Yeah, so yeah. what did I say? Sponsors. Sorry. Oh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I used to have 20,000 sponsors, <laughs> yeah. but I don't take money. Um, yeah, but yeah, when I had that many followers and stuff, um, I, I didn't really do it then, but I, I think that at that level, people can do that in a more genuine manner. Totally. You get to a certain threshold, I think. For me, I said Twitter became super uh, annoying and unfun at 100,000. Mm. I think that's kind of the threshold of followers where it becomes a job instead of like... Damn. Because like... And I, people I, expect so, stuff of you. But I think that people assume that 
anything you post is for financial benefit right. at a certain point. So it, it used to be, you know, I, my first, the reason people engage with me other than sort of what we discussed before was I was a trader. Right. And I was like trading all, like crazy Posting and sharing calls, charts and my yeah. calls. Most of it I wasn't even trading, whatever. And then literally people just think that you're like pumping and dumping things and you don't even own it. Right. You know, yeah, and, just, and so. This is just analysis. And I think it's also, it's just that like there's a certain percentage of everyone's audience that are trolls. Yes. And are angry. And you get to a certain threshold where you start to notice them. Totally. If you have 10,000 and, and 100 of your followers are trolls, it doesn't matter. I think the majority of people are trolls. Right, I agree. <laughs> but, and so then, then you start getting blamed for everybody's like losses in the beer yeah. market and all that. So the bottom line is as you grow, you learn, you, you scale out of even considering those things to where it becomes just an outright zero and a no. Like I said, like I won't even take very legitimate sponsorship right now, depending on what it is. Well, bro, I think about all the certainly people. certainly not, like, I've, no, I do not get paid in tokens yeah. to, to market things. But listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Here's, as that, long as you disclose it. If you tell people, I was paid, I believe, especially, especially if you believe in it. Right. Right? Like, people, that's what that's why influencer yeah. marketing is. Like, uh, people don't get mad at uh, Kim Kardashian for a hair product or something. The problem is that these are financial products. And if people lose their money on them, it's a real problem. Right. Like if your hair dye doesn't come out the way you want, <laughs> it's, it's different. So yeah. it's, not, it's not exactly like a perfect example. But so you just stop doing it, yeah. right? And it's really f annoying because now I feel like uh, at this level, like I want, there's some of this stuff I'm super passionate about and like it and I won't touch it. I won't. Yeah. In fact, people will say, do you want to invest, right? And there's a lot of things I invest in and the first thing I'll tell them is, as an investor, you are the last person on earth I'm going to talk about publicly. Yeah, sure. Because now I literally can't talk about you. Right. Right? And so I learned that over the years because I used to talk about the things I invested in. And That's I've now ridden them down 99% and yep. people, you know. And so it, it's, a, it's a very sort of tenuous situation to be in. Long story short is just to say, just, you just don't do it at all. Yeah. And you know, now, but now I like post Bitcoin charts and I'm super <laughs> vanilla and boring and, you know. I I'm not posting that. Pepe charts or Gensler <laughs> or whatever is uh, happening now. But if you think about, like like you said, like you might even see people who you deem super legit and be like, okay, well, we could take sponsorship dollars from them. But think about FTX, right? Like everybody pegged them as the most buttoned up, you know, and, and Kobe and Ledger had their Up Only podcast. It was sponsored by FTX. And then that blew up. And, they, and then they started getting so much heat. And they're like, look, we just... You know, so you, I guess the point is you can't even, you don't even know who's You know who my first, my first ever sponsor was? Um, BlockFi? Voyager. Voyager. I was like, I knew it was one of those <laughs> Yeah, so, and, and, and so I met them at World CryptoCon in 2019. They launched that month. I was one of probably their first hundred customers. Mm -hmm. They did not have a yield product. It was strictly <laughs> an exchange, yeah. a broker. And I traded there for years. And I talked about them all the time. Mm -hmm for free totally. because it's where I traded. Yeah. Everybody loved it and they said, I said, I'm starting a podcast. I don't really know what that means. You guys give me five grand so that <laughs> I can like pay this company to produce it. And they were like, we will totally support you yeah. at the beginning. And they were my first sponsor for a couple months and I've never heard the end of it. Dude. Forever. Yeah. And it was like literally a few thousand bucks here and there and I was using it forever and I lost millions, mm -hmm. right? Totally. Literally millions yeah. because I believed in them and I used it and I trusted the CEO and I thought he was my friend. Steve Ehrlich. And so like, yeah, so like imagine that you're personally suffering massively 
but the worst part is the guilt you feel about other people who may have done it. Totally. So, so what do you do after that? Like, it, it, it's a it's a strange form of PTSD, I guess. Totally. And listen, I'm not saying I don't take any sponsors or that I wouldn't, but I dodged FTX. Yeah. But the thing about FTX, though, is they got a lot of crap, but, like, they also had Tom Brady and the American Airlines Arena to take crap with them. So exactly. It's fine, yeah. Right? I guess I had Mark Cuban and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, uh, Marshall Falk and whoever, Pet, Hardaway, who, Tim, one of the Hardaways. Tim Hardaway, I think yeah. it was Anthony Hardaway or something. <laughs> but, yeah, like, all these guys. That's not who it was. I just disparaged him. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and so uh, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's really hard, but it doesn't like, the, the business side is very sort of secondary to me, fleeting. Yeah. Um, I know it comes in waves and, and, and I believe in it, but like, I would never stop creating the content yeah. because that's what brought me here and that's, that's what I believe in. What, um, you've interviewed a lot of people and I'm curious, like, who are your favorite kinds of people? Like, I love interviewing hedge fund managers because I just love getting in their mind, how they think about markets. Um, who is like the, your, your ideal person to interview and do you even have like a favorite person that you've interviewed? Sailor's the easiest. Michael Sailor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's killer. Uh, because you say one thing and then you wait three hours. Yeah. And that makes your life really easy. Yeah. And he says amazing things. And it he's makes so you, quotable. And it makes you look smart and people share all the things he said on your show. Yeah. You're a genius. <laughs> um, Balaji is incredible. Oh my God, that guy's amazing. Uh, same. Yeah. Right? But Balaji tests you. So like a sailor, we'll put it back where, on yeah, yeah. where sailor is like, just he'll, he, sailor, every time I interview sailor, he calls me before and he says, Scott, what are we going to talk about? We should do this and that. It was a Twitter spaces most recently. Mm. He said, who else is going to be on the spaces? This 10 minutes before I said, you know, this person, this person said, get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not showing up. It's going to be us. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, and, uh, they can come later. Yeah. And, and right. And so he has his talking points, but Balaji is like, right, Scott? What do you, like, you know, he's yeah, like, he was, have you listened to everything I thought and are you following me, right? right? So, but uh, the way his mind works, I think, is unparalleled, yeah. right? And about everything. So he, he can go way beyond crypto. Taylor can oh, yeah. actually, too, but um, yeah, literally last time I had Taylor on, on uh, Spaces, I said, I asked him a question about the crypto contagion and he, and we had just spoken and he was like, yeah, we'll have a talk, you and me, you know? And he went through a 23 number bullet point reasons for the crisis of confidence in crypto and oh in banking God. like number one and literally listed them and i was like yeah. come on man like, you, <laughs> you didn't just come up with those 23 like, hey, but he's ready you know yeah. and so um balaji i think is just incredible because you can ask him about anything and he will say, so some, and he will say something that will blow your mind that mm -hmm. you didn't think of um so that's great i really like uh digging in with uh you know people who found and create layer ones, layer twos, yep. sort of the like, the, the real builders who, some of them are a bit boring because they're just they're all devs, up here, right? Yeah. But the ones who can really articulate the importance of what they're building and why they're building it and why it's different, mm -hmm. I think is important because I think it's very hard to differentiate any of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. We have 17 layer ones built for DeFi. Okay, no great. fees right. and That's fast right. throughput and That's all right. that stuff. That's like, right. And then I think just it's always interesting to get perspectives from people who have been around like from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the and OGs. so, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it's really uh, always, always powerful. But to be honest, man, I think I've probably, I can't even count. I mean, the podcast, I don't even know what number because we stopped numbering them. It's got to be, <laughs> you know, four or 500. Yeah. I'm interviewing eight or nine people a day on you, uh, a week on YouTube. Yeah, it's a lot. 
spaces can be 15 people. I've probably recorded, you know, 1,000 to 1,500 interviews at this point. They're all great. Yeah. I just love sitting down and talking to people. It's and the best job in the world. Learning. It's the best job in the world, but not because the reasons maybe people think. You were just going to say it, though. It's learning. learning. For me, it's the best job in the world. It has nothing to do with money or any of it because I literally am trying to learn, and I love this stuff. And like, who gets to go to college with the best professors in the world? That's what I say. One on one, and ask them questions for an hour, and they have to sit there and answer. And they have to. Yeah. And for some reason, they actually will come do it because everybody loves to hear themselves speak. Exactly. Right. So yeah. for whatever reason, they've deemed me appropriate to ask them questions. It's the well, DJ, you know, and uh, and and so for me, it's like I, I'm humbled and flattered every day that they're willing to do it, and yeah. so I wake up super excited. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. There, there's so many smart people in this space and, and kind of going back to what you were saying about Balaji, um, you know, he was the first person uh, outside of Pizza Mind, uh, the first person who kind of started tweeting about um, COVID-19. This was like January of 2020, right? And so I was following him. I'm like, wait, hold on. If, this is the CTO of Coinbase, super smart dude. And, and now he's starting to, and it, he like called it like, you know, three or four months way ahead dude, of time. I've seen the retweets of late People have really re sort yeah. of captured because what he said. Because now he, he listed has... every single part of the government response. Exactly. And now he put out the million dollar Bitcoin price target by the end of the year, all that stuff, which is like. 90 days. Or yeah, 90 <laughs> days. Sorry, 90 days. And um, I think it's a more of a provocative, like, you know, trying to, you know, get I... people thinking about the unrealized losses on all these banks' balance sheets and what. And that's the, the elephant in the room. I asked him that question. And I don't think he's ever said this anywhere else. He said, I burned a million to tell people that they were printing trillions. Bingo. He literally admitted outright. He was like, I'm just, this is a million dollar marketing campaign out of my pocket yeah. against the Fed. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it makes sense. It, he got a lot of interest in it. And he I clearly think he's got a lot of money. <laughs> that goes without saying. But like, I, I love it because, you know, he's, you know, he puts his money where his mouth is. And that's what I respect. You know, like guys like you who puts your money where your mouth is and, you know, you spend in order to, to grow this ecosystem and make people aware. Right. And with Crypto 101, all the stuff that we do is like, you know, we're just trying to educate people and get people to understand, like, not only the basics of, you know, the history of money and why we need Bitcoin, but like how to use your ledger, right? How to yeah. trade on MetaMask. Like we I get- We take for granted that we people, take, it, it's so complicated. It's so we're, complicated. We're so over their heads. And, and these are the barriers to entry. Um, and, and so I, I think things will get easier over time as more companies kind of develop, you know, and thinking user first and customer first, but we're just not there yet. Can I tell you a cool story? I'd love to hear a cool so story. Guys, so uh, I, when I graduated college at the University of Pennsylvania, circuitous route. I was DJing, <laughs> but I, I was fancying myself an entrepreneur at the time. I had started an internet company called Philly Tonight, but then I wanted to start a physical print magazine. It was 2001 oh, cool. in Philadelphia, and the magazine was called 101. Wow. And, there's and, so and many. So, yeah. And also, and, uh, uh, he was saying he was wearing this shirt yesterday, so there's a and, lot of and synchronicity. And I recorded in that shirt at Consensus last year. There's a lot of synchronicity. Just, so it was called 101 Magazine, and it was like a print rag about nightlife and culture <laughs> in, in cool. Philadelphia. And I eventually sold it and I moved to uh, New York to work for a company called Frank. But so my corporate entity remained 101. Wow. And then my wife owns a uh, internet marketing company. And because we already had the corporate entity, it's called 101 Management. Wow. So it's also, we've maintained the 101 name for now 23 years. I hope we're not copyright entity. infringing. No, I, I, I think I was copyright infringing <laughs> on every university yeah. in the planet who had a 101 class. Um, but yeah, so it's a, the, 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 the name, like, uh, yeah. and I know why you used it, obviously, and it resonates. But I think you just touched on the single most important point. Um, and it's hard, I think, in our position 
especially when you have a guest, they just talk over everyone's head. Yeah. And it's, they're just too smart. Yeah. Right? And so um, you find that you're having these conversations about ZK, Snarks, and Optimistic. Yeah, I asked everybody to find that. <laughs> but, like, but our industry has failed if it, a year from now we're talking about those things. Yes. They have to be the underlying tech that people use that they don't know exists while they're just Amen. sending a digital picture to someone. Yeah. Right? Like, and even the, the, if we're still using the term NFT, we're right. failing. Right. Well, I won't say we're failing. I'm saying it means we're still really early. Yeah. I think about like when, when you log into Netflix and you like you stream all this shit, right? You don't think about the web sockets or the API calls or, you know, servers, CDNs, and H- yeah. all that stuff. No, you just want to watch the TV, right? And with crypto, it's like you just want to hold your money, right? That's pretty much it. And be able to have access to it anywhere in the world at any time. Uh, be able to send it anywhere, right? That's like what you want. You don't care if it's on Ethereum or if you're using certain wallets and stuff. But for some reason, crypto is perverse in that way because it's so technological focused that everybody is so obsessed with that infrastructure. And maybe it's just a function of being an early industry like and, and a bunch of nerds. My mom watches every single show that I do. My mom does the same right, thing. Right, dude. and went to every game I had in my yeah. life and every show like she could and she's just my super biggest supportive fan. mom. But every single time she's like, you know, Scott, I listen, but I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, and yeah. it's like... We're doing this for moms all over yeah, the world, and, okay? And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I think the most important thing the crypto industry can do, and I think that's what people are focusing on, is just abstracting away totally. all of the complexity that I think naturally comes with it. Seed phrases. Yeah. Oh, my God, and, yeah. You know, yeah, well, I want to be my own bank until I fall on my head. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or, or, what, or until I spill a glass of water on, on the your piece of paper phrase. that I left on my desk because, of you know, it's yeah. just, you hear these horror stories. And, and I think it's also... Um, all this, these buzzwords and this confusion is kind of sometimes, in my opinion, a function of, you know, all this fundraising and all these new coins that they're all competing with each other and they have to come up with these sexy terms and these really things that make them almost feel smarter, a little inside baseball so that they could really raise money. Yeah. And um, I think that's why, you know, people started calling them shit coins and all that kind of stuff because, you know, they have shitty marketing messages in a lot of the times. But do you feel like there is a world where all of these shit coins kind of go away and it's just Bitcoin? No, 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 no. I, I don't think it's just Bitcoin, but I think that 99% of the shit coins go away. So I okay. think we can have Fair. both of those things. Yep. I've been very outright about my opinion on Bitcoin versus everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's how I view it. And wh- Bitcoin what is that? first, yeah. Bitcoin, Bitcoin first. digital, gold, store of value, hard money, choose, choose your narrative. Yep. Everything else is a derivative of it. <laughs> no, I would say everything else is a speculative venture capital investment in technology. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. Right. I love speculative venture capital investment in technology. <laughs> but I hate when Bitcoiners feel they have to defend themselves against Ethereum or anything else because yeah. I view them as completely separate asset classes. I don't think one's wow. attacking the other. Yeah. And so I think there's Bitcoin and, and everything else. So I think 99% of the ever, everything else goes away. You talk about the evolution, how you grow up and you learn in this industry. I used to believe in so much of this vaporware. Mm-hmm. And I still get shit about it because people are like, you promoted this, it's down 99%. Yeah, well, I'm holding it. It's down yeah. 99%. Like, that's <laughs> and that was three years any, ago anything, I talked about Anything it. that anyone's lost, listen, if we talk about things, eventually people are going to lose money on some of them. Right. That's Not nature. because of us. They'll say it's because of us. <laughs> but 
I, anything I talked about that people lost money on generally, unless it was just like a trade where I said there's analysis, like if it was an investment, I lost money. Yeah. Like Voyager, yeah. right? You know, exactly. So, um, so I came to learn through, and that's what people don't realize. Like you start, as I said, I was on Twitter trying to learn from people. I believed the accounts totally. that people shared things with me. This is awesome. This project's so cool. I'm buying it. I start talking about it. I lost my money on it, right? right? So I've come to realize through a cycle that 99% of the shit is vaporware. Yeah. That just is. And that's fine because people love to comment on how Bitcoin's a bubble or crypto's a bubble and it's like the internet bubble of the 90s and it's all going to zero. That's a favorable comparison. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to insult us, but they don't realize that Amazon and Google <laughs> and Facebook and all the biggest tech companies in the world that literally disrupted everything were the, the few that succeeded and rose from the ashes of the internet bubble. Mm-hmm. They love to invoke the pets.com or the net taxi or all these things that were like so highly valuated and went to zero. But every one of these failures, and when I say vaporware, that doesn't mean scam. It right. doesn't mean malintent. It right. just means it's going nowhere and we don't need it. Right. It's like a, it's a problem in search of a solution, mm-hmm. right? But every time one of these entrepreneurs rushes into this space and they iterate and they create something, they're advancing the ball for the ones that succeed. Yeah, exactly. It's like building on the shoulders can't be of giants. Success, right, but you can't be successful without failing. So right. better that they're, they fail for you, <laughs> Yeah. right? And so I, I really don't think, there, there's plenty of bad actors, plenty of outright scams, like plenty of people who are just pumping and dumping things, but I think 99, 99% of them fail, but were at least honest in their attempt yeah. to do something real. And I think that the things that we see in the next cycle are inevitably being built during this winter bear market, yeah. whatever you call it, and have learned from, from those mistakes. I've learned from it. Yeah, I, I've invested in like, a hundred things in past cycles that 90 of them were complete and utter yeah. crap in the end that I thought were awesome. Totally. Right? Yeah. That's just the cycle we're of life. bring music to the blockchain, I'm in. <laughs> right. Yeah. So D- look, look, I got two follow-up questions there. And, and just on the same subject, like how do you, and again, not saying that you're perfect or not saying that you're the best financial advisor in the world. For saying I'm perfect. <laughs> but... You know, how do you decipher? Like when you look at project A versus project B, they do the same thing or whatever. Are you looking at the team? Are you looking at like tokenomics or what's your kind of strategy? So I didn't understand tokenomics well enough, I think in previous cycles. Mm-hmm. So that's become a huge part of it. Uh, I think team is key. Team's everything. So yeah. at this point, and this is a very unpopular opinion, I'm very unlikely to in- invest or even talk to anyone that's anonymous. Me too. Same thing. Just like, I, I get it. Yeah. Right? I get it. That's but right in, for them. But, I don't blame but, them. But, but in 2023, no, you yeah. know, whatever. Totally. Um, so I, I want to know who you are. I want to know what you've done. Um, I want you to blow my mind with your pitch or your yeah. idea. I don't even, and, and also, honestly, at this point, I have kind of a few trusted people that generally vet things or filter to me. So I, I don't even hear about it unless it has a fighting chance of yeah. being somewhat legitimate, I think. So... That's the answer. I think tokenomics are huge. Like I invested, I think, in a lot of ideas that I thought were great and didn't realize that like necessarily how large the supply was totally. or, or how they, they were or, or that they were gonna invest fifty percent of it up front and yeah. everyone was gonna dump on my head, you know, and I, I sold my like five percent and people think I dumped it, I'm holding ninety five percent of right. it like on a hardware wallet to yeah. die uh, for the rest of time. And so I think you just it's it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. Everyone just assumes that like you've been doing this for thirty years. Yeah, and it hasn't even existed that long. Exactly. Right? So if you were here in 
2014 and you saw Mt. Cox fail, you learned a lot of lessons oh, about yeah. exchanges. Totally. Right? And no matter how many, it's like your parents, no matter how many times they tell you a lesson until you experience it and make the mistake yourself, you're not, it's not going to resonate with yeah. you. I was with somebody who, um, who got hacked, crypto hacked. Uh, he was, you know, getting sim swapped and all that stuff, and I got it, it was a horrible twice. It, oh God, yeah, <laughs> it's horrible, right? I mean, and to see that whole thing go down is like it's traumatizing in a sense. Even though, like, thank God it wasn't my money that I lost, but watching somebody go through that um, made me realize how important key security is, right? And maintaining private keys on paper, offline, and in not, you know, clicking sketchy links. It just makes you hyper aware. And then when FTX collapsed you know, able to dodge that bullet, you know, your life flashes before your eyes, right? And Yeah, and I think crazy. what they don't realize is that uh, if you experience all of that, but also have a public doxed presence in the space, all of the sort of ancillary stressors that come with that. Totally. I have people, I mean, it doesn't happen as much, I'm not even going to say it, yeah. Jinx. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I used to have people try to hack me like once a week. Yeah. So I had to have security experts that like, I don't have access largely to any of my crypto. Wow. Right. Yeah. Too much of a security risk. Totally. Can't have it on my phone. Don't, you know, uh, has to be geographically dispersed in, in multi-sigs. Um, but, you know, I've been SIM swapped twice. Wow. Uh, now I have a company called Afani that I literally have to use. Yeah, we know, we know those guys. Okay, so Hasib, I think I was one of his first investors and wow. one of his first 50 customers. Yeah, Afani's dope. Obviously, he watches my SIM for me, you know, and so I don't worry about SIM swapping anymore. I've been hacked multiple times, yeah. uh, extorted. Jesus. Uh, had like people send me pictures of my children oh, that they God. shouldn't have. Uh, you know, been like chased physically. Like, That's you, fucking it's, nuts, it, yeah, dude. It's nuts. People are crazy. Because because uh, I posted a chart once or twice that was wrong. You oh, know what God. I mean? Or or just because it's yeah. a, it's an easy target. Yeah. When I got um, sim swapped the second time. I was supposed to be fully protected by T-Mobile's like highest level of whatever. And it was like some, there was literally some, I think it was Bobo or something, like some hacking group, some Mr. Robot type thing like in Holland. And the guy was literally like bragging about how he had SIM swapped me. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like publicly. Like he was a, he was an anonymous like yeah. uh, something. Sub that's crazy, dude. But they never got anything from me. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. You do dodged another bullet. Well, that's the thing. Is You're so, Neo so those Matrix. very base, So the things you learn through those processes is just like, yeah, yeah like I have no 2FA on my phone. Mm. That's on a separate device, in a safe, in a location that's not near me. So like if I have to... Someone's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to invest in something, send us some money. I'm like, give me two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I got to get there. <laughs> let, me, let me get on a few flights or, you know, yeah, but no, it's, I'm, I have to be sort of like ridiculous about it. Yeah. Um, and it sucks, but I wouldn't change it because the only way that I can be who I am, I wouldn't be getting these interviews if I was a anonymous farm animal. Of course not. Like I, I don't yeah. begrudge the people who are for the reasons they are, but I can't be me and do what I do without being, you know, yeah. transparent and out there. Totally. So. It's challenging. Challenging for sure. Well, you know, when you kind of look at the overall crypto um, industry, what, what sectors do you like to focus on? Um, I, I know you mentioned uh, you threw some shade at NFTs, so I take it you don't do I, I, NFTs. I, I, no, I, I, I think I throw shade at parts of the NFT, but that's only because I learned the, go through the hard similar <laughs> art altcoin cycles yeah. of what the NFT market was. Totally. Like if you went through DeFi summer, you know exactly what the NFT summer a year later was. Exactly. Right? And so, like, I think board apes are awesome because they built a community. I don't own one. I write whatever. I'm yeah. not paying hundred thousand dollars for that, but um, it's cool, right? But I, I, I just think that it's very hard unless you're twenty four seven, three sixty five, to discern what's 
legitimate and what's kind of just going to go to zero. Yeah. I can't even do it and I do this <laughs> for a living. <laughs> for a living, yeah. so I just like I can't talk about it and think that somebody is going to I know they're not going to do their own research yeah. or be deep enough down the rabbit hole to do it. But I think that the like the boring applications of NFTs are way more exciting than the uh, you know, cartoon apes. Yeah. Like if you could transfer your car title or your mortgage or, or a house, you totally. know, like the the tokenizing assets and eliminating the trust and the third party in a trustless transaction Bitcoin, yeah. right? That's the exciting part of NFTs for me. So I think, uh, you know, people always used to ask me sort of, it was top of the last cycle, but I would go on like Fox News or Yahoo or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing you up there. And, and then they'd be like, yeah, so what do you say to investors? I say, I don't, but if I had to. Yeah. You know, my, I always kind of at that point was like, just invest in the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't tell you if it's going to be Ethereum or Solana or, Cosmos, or one of them yeah. that's going to win NFTs or Metaverse or DeFi or if any of those things are going to win in general. But if you own a small piece of that, at least if one of the, you won't find the thing that did 100x, but you'll get the 2x on the infrastructure it was built on yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. I come from a world where like I was in stocks and it was like if I made 10% a year, it was murdering me. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like if you don't take, make 10% in a minute, you're pissed off. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so I think... Um, if you're new to the space and you're coming in, you start at Bitcoin, you buy some Ethereum once you're done with Bitcoin, totally. and then you find one or two, maybe three other things that compel you and you get really deep in the weeds and understand it and you go there. You don't chase the, the unicorns, yeah. you know? And, and so for me, I'm really, like I said, you asked who do I like to talk to? I like to talk to people building the infrastructure, building the protocols, because I think that's where you have the best odds of really capturing value. Yeah. I love it. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better. And, and Scott, I appreciate your time. Um, thank, you, man. thank you for coming. And uh, man, well, let's do it again sometime soon. You got to come on my channel. I would love to, man. Let's do it. That'd be great. Well, literally welcome anytime. I would love to. I would love to now ask you all the same. Yeah, questions. send it send back. <laughs> send right. me the transcript. <laughs> yeah, everybody who's watching at home. I hope you guys enjoyed. Follow Scott on Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter? At Scott Melker. S-C-O-T-T-M-E-L-K-E-R. Yep. All right. Well, everybody, take care. And we'll be back with some more guests later on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.